Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPNU. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. So we had the conversation about Zach Wilson and the quarterback situation with the Jets. Number two pick in the 21 draft. Number one, of course, Trevor Lawrence. There you go. Um, And I said, you know, you may rather have Trevor Lawrence right now than Zach Wilson. The reason I emphasize that was because Trevor Lawrence can't play right now because he has an ankle injury, unfortunately suffered last night against the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, if the Jets had Trevor Lawrence right now or Zach Wilson, who do they want? It has to be right now with the ankle injury, not able to really walk around. I think they'd probably take Trevor. Just saying. Just saying. Anyway, 34-31, Cincinnati beats Jacksonville last night. Trevor Lawrence does get hurt in this game. Two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Sprained ankle late. Who knows how long he's going to be out for. We're awaiting word on that. Jake Browning, backup quarterback, in for Joe Burrow. Dare I say, had his uh, Brock Purdy-like moments last night of just being smart, efficient, getting the right people the ball, and basically saying, Jamar Chase, you're really good. You do this. I'm not going to do it. 32 of 37, 354, a touchdown and a rushing touchdown. But the story of this game, of course, goes to Trevor Lawrence, his health, and what this potentially does for the Jaguars, both in terms of winning the division and seeding in the postseason. Yeah, I, I don't know that the Jags are going to win the division now. I mean, you look at their remaining schedule. They got some tough games ahead of them, and that's what has to be the concern, right? Can you do enough to fend off the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts? Down the stretch, you're talking about them having games against the three teams that are vying for the playoffs and they're their upcoming games. You're on the road against the Cleveland Browns, home against the Baltimore Ravens, on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All of those teams are in the hunt for the postseason. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to be an easy task to go out there with C.J. Beathard for four quarters and find ways to get wins in all of those matchups. Now, you do got a couple of layups at the end of the season, the Carolina Panthers at home and then on the road against the Tennessee Titans. They'll get the 10 wins. 10 wins will punch your ticket. I don't know that 10 wins is going to be good enough to win the division considering the remaining schedules for the Indianapolis Colts, but also the Houston Texans. I want to say that the Texans' remaining strength of schedule ranks 27th in the NFL. 27th. Wow. There's only one team with a winning record that the Texans still have on, well, two teams. They got the Colts and they got the Browns, but we know the state of the Cleveland Browns and the Indianapolis Colts, well, they're they're with Gardner Minshew, a guy that's a backup quarterback. So I, I don't know that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win their division. And based on that, whether or not Trevor Lawrence comes back, I think that changes the ceiling on what we think Jacksonville will be in the postseason. A crazy stat from this weekend that I saw from Andrew Siciliano of the NFL Network. If Trevor Lawrence does not play this weekend, right, four of the seven AFC playoff teams will be starting backup quarterbacks this weekend. Think about that for a second. We're going into week 14, correct? Four of seven AFC playoff teams, if Trevor Lawrence does not start this weekend, will be starting backup quarterbacks quarterbacks that's crazy and that they're still successful 
right? I mean, the Browns, mm-hmm. the Steelers, the Colts, and now the Jaguars. If I got that right, right? I'm that like, is yeah. correct. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's – and by the way, you look behind it, the, the in the those hunt are, teams – Those are teams four through seven in the, in the AFC playoff picture standings. But, CeCe, look at the Bengals, who I know we've kind of written off, but at the same time, they're starting a backup quarterback, and they're 500. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy what we're seeing. Yeah, four through seven, and then obviously the Bengals. Is this the worst season that you can remember from an injury standpoint, from star players, specifically quarterbacks, getting injured? Because what? Why are you smiling? No, I'm, oh, I'm just, saying it's crazy. Oh, I saw you smiling. It's like, Armageddon I with quarterbacks. It has been. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Wait, am I not allowed to smile? Well, you looked at your phone and you were no, smiling I, I'm, at something. I'm, just, I'm not like, allowed to smile. What's going to, on? Okay. Okay. I, no, I didn't know if there was something that I missed here. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> Joe Burrow. We, we keep forgetting about Kirk Cousins. Okay, mm-hmm. stop looking at me like that. We could go through the list. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Uh, some of the – we're talking about C.J. Beathard. We're talking about Jake Browning. The guys that are going out there and playing quarterback right now in the NFL are guys we never expected to be out there. And it's it's just kind of shocking when you think about the fact that we're all still really compelled by the product well, it just shows, <laughs> into the NFL. It just NFL shows with, you about the value of having a good backup quarterback, especially in an expanded regular season. I don't think that gets talked about enough. Yeah. We're starting to see some more attrition now that we're in, what, year three of the expanded NFL regular season when they went from 16 to 17 games. So I, I think that's starting to factor into the math in terms of what teams become in the second half of seasons. It's, it, it's unfortunate that the wheels come off for teams that we have dubbed championship contenders coming into the year. But that creates an opportunity that opens the door for other teams to rise up. And the team that I'm looking at now as the biggest beneficiary of this in the AFC South is the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. Now, overall, I think this creates a pathway for the Miami Dolphins, the Baltimore Ravens, and dare I say the Kansas City Chiefs to grab the number one seed in the conference. Because coming into yesterday's game, I thought that it was probably the easiest prediction, one of the easiest predictions remaining in the NFL regular season, that the Jacksonville Jaguars would secure home field throughout. When you looked at how good that football team is with Trevor Lawrence, and you looked at their remaining strength of schedule. I think I counted 15 teams that have started, assuming injuries this weekend, right? So assuming Lawrence and assuming Derek Carr, I think I counted 15 teams that have started the same quarterback every game this season. Less than half of the teams in the league. That feels like a lot less than probably when you were playing. I could be wrong on that. I don't know that we have stats on that. I'm sure. sure. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, but it just feels like it's so much less. And yet we're looking at a league now where everyone says the quarterback is protected more than they've ever been. Right? I mean, the quarterback is protected more, I assume, mm-hmm. CC, than when you played, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. And yet there are more injuries now. Okay, so dumb question. Is protecting the quarterback actually causing more injuries, more harm than good? Is that possible? Now, I don't understand the reasoning behind that, but I'm asking the question to somebody who would know the reasoning behind that. Does it make any sense? Like the preventative measures, you know, it's like, hey, you don't want to go out there and hurt yourself and you're thinking about it and then you actually hurt yourself because of it? I don't. I mean, how does this make sense? Well, I, 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 the only thing that does make sense is that you're starting to see the wear and tear on the players because of an expanded regular season. That's the only thing that makes yeah. sense. Expanded regular season, expanded postseason. We went from 12 teams to 14 teams, so more teams are qualifying, more teams are playing later into the calendar. And so I think over three or four years, that period of time that we're now seeing that, you're starting to see the rates of injury change and, and that, that probably in some way or shape or form 
explains or at least gives context around some of the injuries that we've seen. What about the lack of practice time? Like physical contact. Like dumb, dumb example. We've been here for a while, though, yeah. Ev. We've been here for a while. But doesn't I mean, that hurt? Like, I remember I when mean, I, I remember when I was playing. Like, I, I, I was involved with the change rules uh, when it came to practice time and, and cutting out two-a-days and limiting padded practices. Like, I got that in the second half of my career. And did so, it hurt you, you think, in terms no, of I don't think it hurt me. I don't think it helped me. I just think it was what it was. Different teams are handling it different ways. I don't think that's... Uh, 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 you know, to blame as much as we can talk about the expanded regular season and adding the extra game. I mean, adding that one game, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but adding it changes the rates of injury exponentially. And that's what we're starting to see, unfortunately, for some of these teams that are contending for the playoffs. The other side of it would be Cincinnati last night, right? I mean, you got to give them credit. We we talked a lot in our 7 a.m. Eastern hour. If people can go back and listen on the ESPN app on the podcast about the Jets and their nightmare quarterback situation. I believe it's seven quarterbacks in two years. And other teams, New England has a nightmare quarterback situation that they have created themselves, like the Jets. Teams just can't find competent quarterback play. What the Bengals got last night in backing up Joe Burrow, at least for one night, was way more than competent quarterback play from Jake Browning. I was surprised by that. I didn't see that one coming. No, I didn't see it coming either, but I want to give credit to Zach Taylor for being able to get Jake Browning into a groove early on. If you saw the throws, there were a lot of throws in between the numbers in the middle of the field, and everybody knows those are the easiest throws for a quarterback. Also, some screen throws early on their first scoring drive. It was a big play they hit on a screen pass to Joe Mixon. They were able to get him and Chase Brown going with the running game, and I thought that takes pressure off him early. And then once you got him settled in, you saw all of that experience that Jake Browning got at the collegiate level start to come out. Also, I think an understated part of the win last night was him having his full complement of wide receivers. Yes. T. Higgins was back. Yep. You had Jamar Chase getting one-on-one situations, and when he was in one-on-one coverage, you saw Jake Browning go to him early and often, and they were targeting Tyson Campbell. Like It, was, it felt like there was a check built in at the line of scrimmage. If you see number 32 in black – on coverage with one of our big three receivers, throw the ball to that receiver. They were cooking Tyson Campbell all game long. It was a long night for that kid. But, uh, I mean, having those receivers makes life a lot easier for Jake Brown, and I thought that was the biggest difference. Now, here's the thing. All of that being said, I felt like the missed field goal by Brandon McManus with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter and the holding penalty by Anton Harrison in overtime let Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Bengals, off the hook because that was an absolutely awful decision that he had to have that reverse throwback to Tyler Boyd in the third quarter that ended up being the go-ahead points for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags blew that game more than the Bengals won that game. Yeah. Unpopular take, but that's what happened on that field. I'll give credit to the visiting team because they still had to go out there and take advantage of it. But to me, that was all about the miscues, which adds insult to injury with dealing with the Trevor Lawrence absence for the Jags. Yeah, and the Bengals taking advantage of those miscues, right? And since this is kind of a theme of the show today about quarterback confidence and confidence in your quarterback, I do want to shout out Jake Browning because ever since Joe Burrow went down, he's been saying, I'm ready for this. I want the ball. I want this opportunity. After the game last night, he said, I haven't played a lot of football, but it's not like I'm not used to winning. I've won a lot of games in my career. None of them have been in the NFL until today, which is obviously noteworthy, but I've won a lot of football games in my life. And this is the energy that he's had ever since he got this job, that 
that he has been prepared and was ready for this and had a confidence in himself. And you heard a lot of his teammates saying that too, that they had confidence in him to go out there and execute, which is exactly what he did. And sometimes when you're stepping in for a guy like Joe Burrow, he had confidence in himself, but you might need to fake it till you make it, guys. But I just appreciated that that was his energy going into this was his confidence in himself. I've always wondered about that in terms of, like, the winning. Because, yeah, he did say that last night. He's a storied high school player. But, like, CeCe, you won more in the pros than you did in college. Right? Yeah, I went to Virginia. No, I, not not a football powerhouse. Right, but I'm saying, so like you weren't used to winning and then won. I feel so like when, that was a shot, Smalls. I was Illinois. You're not used to winning. You're not like us at Wisconsin. We get it. I was actually saying it the other way. I'm okay. saying look at your NFL career, how successful you were in terms of winning. You were only on good teams your entire NFL career. Yeah. That when Jake Browning said that, I found it interesting that I'm used to winning. I've won a lot of games. Does it matter that you've won a lot of games in, co- in high school and college when you're playing in the pros? Yeah, it does matter. Well, yeah, I mean, Vince Lombardi said it. Winning is a habit. Unfortunately, so is losing. I mean, if you're in, if you're accustomed to winning, then that's just the expectation. You play with a different air, a different confidence. When you're used to losing, you're expecting that things are going to go wrong. There's going to be a trap door. And so, I think even when you face adversity, like the Bengals did after that botched, botched trick play. They didn't flinch. Their defense got a stop. They pinned the Jags' offense deep. I mean, and then they ended up getting the ball back around midfield, and you saw Jake Brown and make some plays and create an opportunity to tie the score up. So, I mean, there are game-winning plays that Jake Browning made last night that that you think of and you say, that's big-time quarterback play. Like like Jake Brown and being able to have that quarterback scramble. What was it on third and one? He ends up scrambling for about twenty yards to get the ball down to the yeah, thirty. Two carries, twenty two yards. I want to say exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I mean, those are the, at the end of the fourth quarter. Like those are the types of plays that a lot of people don't pay a lot of attention to in the moment, but they ultimately end up being the difference in your team having an opportunity. Even in overtime, he makes a big-time throw on third down, gets a completion to push the ball into plus territory to give Evan McPherson a chance to win it for him. Those are big-time plays, man. Yeah, I was impressed with him. He made made some strong throws, man. He did. And so I'll give him credit. But I think also you have to look at it on the other side and say it's somewhat of an indictment on the Jacksonville Jaguars that they lost to a team with their backup quarterback I, I at 100%, home. A hundred percent agree. Because remember, Trevor Lawrence got hurt in the fourth quarter. It shouldn't have been a game in theory by then with a backup quarterback against you if you're supposed to be potentially the number one seed. Eight 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 say ESPN. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. We want your phone calls coming up. Who is going to be the number one seed in the AFC? We will give you our answers coming up next. It's Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, 
designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPNU, along with Michelle Smallman, all geared up in her Illinois gear. That's right. You know it. ILL. Chris Kenny. Never heard that before. ILL. Never, ILL. Never heard of it. INI. Illini. Okay. okay. INI. You've heard this. You're a big. Come on. You're a Michigan man. How could you not heard this? <laughs> never, never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you know. Uh, offense. Michigan and Wisconsin and Ohio State, like. They don't really worry about Illinois. It's <laughs> a great point. It's a great point. And football, maybe. Just saying. Just saying. Not top of mind. Tonight they are because they're playing FAU and then North Carolina and um, and UConn, UConn. Hey, at the Garden hey. in the Jimmy B Classic with uh, us. Hey, you just wait. One day you're going to have to be worried about us. One day. When's that day? I don't know. Okay. One Probably the same day that the Jets are considered Super Bowl favorites. Be around that same time. One day. Around that same, around that same day. time. Why do you have to put us in the same <laughs> conversation with the Jets, man? The Jets? Out the Jets figure the Jets? out who their quarterback's going to be. Come on, we're around not that, that bad. Same time. We're not that bad. We're not broken. We're not cursed. <laughs> okay. Last year was a Well, you have to be season. whole in order to be broken. And I don't know that Illinois has been whole for a no. while. And basketball? Yes, we have. Okay. And we're number one seed a couple years ago. No recollection of that. When how, you say a couple how, years how, ago. I would assume, number one seed, Big Ten champions. You know what? You're right. That was the sister Jean year. Don't, don't get me started. Didn't, didn't end well for you guys, did it? You know what, Candy did not. Just and me. I don't think we need to bring up my Illinois sports heartbreak because it will bum me out for the rest of the show. Mm. That's all I want is for them to win a national championship in basketball. I don't – I can't understand how it's not possible for them to be a power. They have the funds. They have the alumni. They have the facilities. They have Chicago. If you just keep Chicago kids in Chicago, you should win every year. I just have one question <sighs> for you. Are you sitting Celebrity Road tonight at the no, Garden? probably not. I mean, are Feet you Feet on the wood? Courtside? You know, that's on my bucket list, to sit courtside. I've oh, never yeah, sat courtside in my entire life. It's on my bucket list. You're that the most and to famous get... Illini alum, aren't you? Not even close. Who would be more famous? My friend Sean Evans, who hosts Hot Ones. Internet sensation. Okay, so you guys should be sitting together tonight at Madison Square Garden, Celebrity Row. No, I'm not on his level. No way. It's not about being on his level. But it's, love you, we're, Sean. We're here on Unsportsmanlike, on ESPN Radio, on ESPNU. You should be, Illinois, going to Madison Square Garden, you should be Celebrity Row tonight. What's that? Courtside? Yeah. yeah. What, what do you mean? What's No, it's in the. It's with Jordan Love's mom. Well, I don't know. <laughs> what are you, who are you eating? Sweet with somebody? I don't know. I mean, what, that's not. Hey, the sweet life. Don't, hey, listen. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the this sweet life. I wouldn't know. They had Anna Love in the sweet life. You wouldn't know. <laughs> you were kidding. just You were just in the sweet a couple of weeks ago for Nick's <laughs> Eat. He was just He's there. Anyway. Wow. Wow. Incognito. How does he work it into the show? The Patriots and the Miami Heat. He's going to work it in every single this? show. How about this? Every time he does it and it's not part of the conversation, dollar in the jar. I'm with you on that. I Dol- like that Dollar rule. in the jar. What I is like that, that about? Like Why that do rule. I have to do that? We because could... we got to put some boundaries on 100%. you with the show. 100%. We need you know, guardrails you're dri- up. You're, you're driving the show. We got to put guardrails. Got to go exactly. up. Exactly. We're talking about it. Illinois, and you're like, you know, who else is struggling this year? Even though Illinois is a top twenty-five team, but you're like the New England P. You know who? I never said that. No, I'm just saying you will find a way.
way to be like, oh, wow, Illinois does this from a schematic standpoint. You know who loves that? Bill Belichick. Yeah, like, exactly. you'll just you find him. Bielema was on the Patriots See? staff. See? <laughs> he was actually on dollar the Patriots. Dollar in the jar. No, no, she brought it up. Dollar in the jar. She brought it up. One more time. You know what? I got the association. What can I say with the with the Patriots there? All right. Anyway, so um, <laughs> number one seed in the AFC will not be the Patriots. I promise you that. No. Who's going to be the number one seed in the AFC? So we have three and a half candidates, and I say a half because of the Trevor Lawrence injury, right? So we don't know. If hypothetically everything comes back clean, he's good to go, maybe you want to put them in the mix. Definitively, you want to put the Dolphins in the mix at 9-3. and three. Definitively, you're going to put the Ravens in the mix at 9-3. and three. And definitively, you still got to put Mahomes and Andy Reid in the mix at 8-4. and four. Where are we going number one seed in the AFC right now? Kansas City Chiefs. And I know they look bad in Lambeau Field. It was an awful game. Their defense felt like they had an off night, and then their offense, the receivers, couldn't get on the same page with Pat Mahomes. And I feel like a broken record because we keep saying that when it comes to why the Kansas City Chiefs come up short. The receivers let Pat Mahomes down. Not only are you talking about a group that leads the NFL in drops, but in Sunday night's game, with about five minutes to go in the fourth quarter, a critical third down, you're talking about Sky Moore quitting on a rub route and ends up leading to an interception by Nixon for the Green Bay Packers. Those types of things can't happen. Your quarterback has to be able to trust that you're going to be where you're supposed to be. And in situations like that, a gotta-have-it moment for you to betray the trust of Pat Mahomes, that just can't happen. And so that's the part that worries me a little bit. I mean, with Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, and that defense, we felt like the floor of this team was the AFC title game. I'm starting to adjust that a little bit and maybe say the divisional round. But I will say this. Looking at their remaining schedule in comparison with the Jags, the Ravens, and the Dolphins, I feel better about the Chiefs being able to get to 12 or 13 wins than any of those other teams, and that's why I will give Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid the benefit of the doubt. Can't believe I'm still there uh, after what I've seen from them, what I saw against them with the Packers and Lambeau, what I saw a few weeks ago against the Eagles. Can't believe I'm still there, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think the Kansas City Chiefs still get the number one seed in the conference. They have the DNA to do it, obviously. Um, I don't have that same belief in them, so I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. The AFC North was a gauntlet, and it's slowly but surely deteriorating around them as they separate themselves from the pack. And they do have... A couple of tough games down the stretch. The Rams, who have been a surprisingly hard That's going to be a tough game. Yeah. Uh, the Jaguars, we don't know what the Trevor Lawrence situation will be after that. And But then following Jacksonville, they have San Francisco and Miami before Oof. closing it out with Pittsburgh. So it is a gauntlet for them down the stretch a little bit. But I, I have confidence in the Ravens to win all of those games. They they can win all of those games. I, I don't know On if the road in San Francisco? I don't know if they'll come out unscathed. No. I think that they on, could, on on the road to San Francisco. I know they would, would, you, would you pick them to win? I'm not saying they can't win it. We know they can. On the road in San Francisco, both teams fully healthy. You think the Ravens win that game? I don't know if I would pick them. Okay. San Francisco looks great, okay. but but they can win that game okay. on any given. And the the quality of this team, they are a Super Bowl contender. They could win that game. It's going to be tough, but they could. That win says that a game. lot about them, though. If you think that they can win that game, do that's, you not uh, think that's they can the, win that game? No, I think it's on the board because their defense is really really good. Yeah. Their defense is legit. Like they get after the quarterback, they can cover, they can create takeaways. Defense is legit, and Lamar Jackson has weapons. They can beat anybody in football on any given Sunday. They can. They're that good. But San Francisco, I think, is the best team when fully healthy. So we'll have to see what the health of both of those teams is once we get to that matchup in about three weeks. 
But, yeah, I, I like Baltimore. I would say if I'm picking another team after the Kansas City Chiefs, it would be the Ravens. But, again, those are some tough opponents, man. The Rams is not going to be a pushover. The Rams' playoffs have already started. They are fighting for their playoff lives. Yeah. So they, they have more urgency than Baltimore has, even though Baltimore could get the number one seed in their conference. We'll see what happens with the Jags. The San Francisco 49ers are fighting for the number one seed in their respective conference. And then the Miami Dolphins are also in the same boat with the Ravens. So that's not going to be an easy stretch of the next four games for Baltimore. I, I don't know if it's a situation where they come out three and one out of that stretch. I think they have the potential to. But again, there could also be a situation where they drop a couple of games, which is why I have the confidence in the Chiefs to get that number one seed. I have the Chiefs as well. I'm holding out hope still with the Jaguars if Trevor Lawrence is healthy. But I think Smalls, the best argument that you made for the Ravens, it's tough to make any argument on the road at the Niners. We know that. It's Mitch Trubisky, Joe Flacco, and Jake Browning. That's their in-division quarterback competition right now. Think about that for a second with the Ravens. Mitch Trubisky, Joe Flacco, and Jake Browning. That's how you spin the Ravens to the number one seed. Is that those are their oppositions? All right, coming up, we mentioned Smalls potentially sitting Celebrity Row tonight for an Illinois game at Madison Square Garden. Jimmy V Classic, Seth Greenberg, ESPN College basketball analyst, will join us coming up next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg, letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Illinois alum Michelle Smallman, getting ready for tonight. Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. College basketball is back. Tune in tonight for the Jimmy V Classic, North Carolina UConn, FAU, Illinois. Coverage begins 6.30 p.m. Eastern, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. And joining us now, ESPN College Basketball and overall basketball analyst, Seth Greenberg. Before we get into college, Seth, we got to ask you about one of the big NBA storylines this year, as I know you are passionate about this, and that is the acquisition by the Los Angeles Clippers of James Harden. Good morning. What do you think about that move? It was a disaster from day one. It, it had no chance to work. I mean, like any person that has any basketball acumen would say, how can you have three ball-dominant dudes on the same team. The last time I checked, there's only one basketball. I'm not sure, but I don't think the rules have changed. Uh, <laughs> to me, it just, you know, it's not about acquiring talent. It's about putting together a team. 
And uh, when you put together team roles have to be, be defined and championed and uh, system of play has to be, you know, basically developed. And you could say, well, they haven't had time to play together because, you know, he came in late and this and that. And that sounds great. But, I mean, Westbrook needs the ball, right? I mean, he, he needs the ball. Uh, Paul George needs the ball. And Harden needs the ball. Plain and simple, you know, like Kawhi doesn't need the ball. Kawhi's going to do what he's going to do. He's just got to be available to get the ball uh, in terms of being able to play. But <laughs> it's just it, it, it's a mix that just doesn't work, and it's not hard to figure out it wasn't going to work. Seth, shifting gears and going to college basketball tonight. Hubert Davis and the Carolina Tar Heels are taking on the reigning defending national champion UConn Huskies. And last year was a step back year because in Hubert Davis's first year they were the runners up to in the national championship game. Just curious from your perspective, has Hubert Davis figured everything out when it comes to recruiting, roster construction, transfer portal, and what's your projection on the Carolina Tar Heels in 2023? Yeah, I really like this team. And, you know, like last year was a perfect example of kind of uh, the Clippers 2.0 in that, you know, you had two ball-dominant guards in RJ, obviously, and and Caleb Love. Uh, He didn't have a stretch four. Uh, Pete Nance was put in a tough situation taking a place of Brady Maddock, and the spacing wasn't correct, and the team did not – wasn't connected offensively or defensively. Hubert's done a great job. He's got the right pieces. He's bringing in Harrison Ingram from Stanford. Uh, a guy that's a stretch forward that can also play three and back you down, very good passer, big physical body, really works. Elliot Kiddo, the kid who graduated a year early, even though he's 19 years old, if I'm not mistaken, has really helped him at the point guard position because now R.J. Davis is off the ball. They can advance the pass the ball up to him. He's having a monster season. I, I think he's averaging almost 27 points a game over the last four games. Need a little bit more consistency out of Armando, but Hubert's done it. You know, like, it's so easy to, you know, go to the Final Four. Next year, the pieces don't fit. And, you know, oh, my God, what's wrong with Carolina? Everyone goes through it. Uh, You know, it's not an exact science today with NIL and the transfer portal, putting together a team that develops a trust and and will play for each other. And you know that, can't I mean, like, you've played on teams that were really talented probably. But, you know, if a defense doesn't trust each other, an offense doesn't trust each other, if certain guys have their own agenda – your team can only be so good. This team has a collective responsibility. I really like their team. The mm. pace that they play with, the spacing they play with because they have shot makers, uh, it's, it's been really impressive. Well, a team set that was in the Final Four last year was FAU, number 11 FAU, taking on my Illinois Fighting Illini tonight, number 20. Um, as you look at this matchup, what are my Illini's chances of winning this one, Seth? They got a shot. I mean, you know, I, I, I've spent a lot of time studying them. I, I like their team. They got to make a couple of shots every once in a while. But uh, this is an elite, elite defensive team with size. It's an old team. If you look at teams that have advanced in the NCAA tournament in the last few years, they're all older teams. You can talk about all the one and you want, but all the teams that win championships and go deep into the tournament are older teams. Now, I, I do have a concern. They don't have a true point guard, Ty, Ty Rogers. It's kind of a big physical guard uh, they kind of play the you know point by committee but they got bodies and they're old and they're physical and they can defend and they offensive rebound the mask has been a really good pickup uh you know kids southern illinois can really just you know he does a little bit of everything quincy gary is playing probably his best basketball shannon's been absolutely terrific the last few games so they're playing an fau team that's really good i mean they're really good they have four floor gamers and shot makers on the court at all times those are basically what a floor gamer is a guy that can score it or make a play for someone else 
with good size. So offensively, they have versatility. Defensively, because of that, because they're all basically 6'4", they can switch and they have versatility to do a great job of contesting three-point shots. Vladislav Golden is a, a seven-foot front court guy that is leading him in scoring, going from like an eight-game point-a-game scorer to leading him in scoring, who's been really terrific. I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, pace of the game will be important. I think both teams will get up and down the floor. Illinois is going to have to score some easy buckets because in the half court, FAU is hard to play against because of how they defend. But it should be a, a great game. I, I'm a big fan of of this Illinois team if they can get point guard play uh, just a little bit. And it, you know they don't have a, a real shot creator, but they do. They are a good passing team, so it, it'll be a fun game to watch. Seth, John Shire and the Duke Blue Devils have gotten out to an uneven start, to put it kindly. I I know that Shire has made a lot of headlines because of a recruiting class he's got in 2024, but those high school players, those prep players can't help his team win this year. So I'm curious from your perspective, do they get it turned around or is this an ominous start for Duke basketball? You know, this. I'm a little concerned about Duke right now. Not that I worry about Duke. I have my own worries, but (laughs) but I mean – I, I don't like their pieces. They don't play with any force, offensively or defensively. They don't have, you know, they had Derek Lively last year, could protect the rim. They have no rim protection, and they have no ability to get to the offensive glass. Uh, they don't have a real shot creator. If you think about their backcourt, and Tyrese Proctor got hurt the other day, which obviously impacts him a little bit because he's the one guy that could get in the lane and make a play and get someone a shot. They don't really have that. The other two guards are freshman guards that are going to play with Jeremy Roach. That's a problem. Filipowski, you know, his best position is is a mismatch five that could step out and make down threes and bring bigs away and create space. Uh, but the lack of force and the lack of, to me, being intentional of, to compete at the level and the consistency that Duke usually competes at, I think is a concern. I think they're going to have to change what they're doing offensively. I think they need more ball and people movement. So I have I have concerns about Duke. Uh, they're not athletic. They don't protect the rim. They don't have any force at the rim, and they're not dynamic in the backcourt. So I I think it's going to be uh, (laughs) boy. They got it all. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not perfect for John. But I'll tell you what, John Shire's really good coach, and but he's going to have to figure it out. And you know, everyone's look. Anytime anything happens to Duke, you're going to get paired to Coach K. It's hard, you know. Like winning is. You guys know winning is hard, and 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 managing the roster is hard. uh, it's you know it's understanding uh, getting the right mix. I mean they had a great recruiting class, but great recruiting classes don't make great teams. You got to have the right chemistry and around them. And they get those three sophomores, you know Mark Mitchell and obviously Filipowski and Proctor, but they have not taken a next step, and and that that's my biggest concern because they should, they need to set the standard. Like those three guys coming back, and then if you had Jeremy Roach. Your upperclassmen got to set the standard. I haven't seen them set the standard thus far this season. Now, it's December 5th. I mean, we, we can't overreact, but th- that's what we do. We overreact. We, 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 all of us wouldn't have jobs. <laughs> uh, final thing here with Seth Greenberg. We've got about 30 seconds. Seth, of course, college basketball tonight. UConn, North Carolina, FAU, Illinois, ESPN Radio, ESPN Television, ESPN App. On behalf of college basketball, what advice do you have for college football as to how to properly approach a postseason? Add more teams. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, look, I mean, this is a year that there were like six teams that were probably deserving. And, you know, you have to 
try to figure out. They use the same formula that college basketball uses, guys. I mean, someone's hurt. It impacts the team that's going to be playing. It impacts how you evaluate the team. That's just that's the same deal in, in college basketball, how teams get evaluated. I got knocked out of the tournament one year. We beat Duke and Carolina, but uh, Victor Davila, my post guy, got hurt in the, in the, in the ACC tournament. And you know, we won 24 games, and we didn't get in. And you know, the reason they said is, well, it's not the team that won 24 games. So, I mean, it, it makes it difficult. And last thing, the great thing about the V Foundation, besides every dollar goes to, to research, is that we're using basketball as a vehicle to obviously bring awareness to Jimmy's vision. And I've known Jimmy since I'm 13 years old. And, uh, you know, obviously tremendous for ESPN to do that and get behind this because, you know, all of us, you know, there's not a person I know that hasn't been impacted by cancer. My oldest brother, 72 years old, is fighting his tail off against uh, acute leukemia. And, and, and what the V Foundation is doing is helping, if, if not for Jimmy or his daughters, my brother, your son, you know, whomever. Uh, and I, you know, to me, I, I can't thank ESPN, the V Foundation, uh, and everyone. If you can, please donate because that money is going towards finding a cure, and that's what it's all about. Well said, and obviously best wishes to your brother. And when we did our V Foundation Day last week here on ESPN Radio, I know we raised hundreds of thousands of dollars as a team uh, start to finish here on ESPN Radio sets. So that's awesome that obviously you on the college basketball side continuing to do that tonight as part of the Jimmy V Classic. We do appreciate your time. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right, there's Seth Greenberg. Again, tonight, Jimmy V Classic. You've got North Carolina and UConn. You've got FAU against Smalls' Illinois team. Coverage begins 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. It is the holiday season. We put a smile on people's face, not only with positive programming coming up, but an incredibly important message this holiday season. If you want to save the American Christmas tree farmer, if so, then get real and keep it real this holiday season by buying real Christmas trees. Buying fake Christmas trees means American farmers could be losing their jobs. There are plenty of other benefits towards buying the real Christmas trees, like creating those real, authentic holiday memories, and they're safer for the environment. Cubby, Larry, the two guys that run the whole company, I know them personally, and they tell me all the time the Christmas trees are available, they're affordable, they're better for the environment, and they're going to help the American Christmas tree farmer. Buy real Christmas trees at Lowe's or wherever Christmas trees are sold. Get more information, plus participate in cool contests. Get real, keep it real. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Dot com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. In a world with people like Pat the Producer. Pull your head out of your tailpipe. 
Playboy. It's time for a ray of sunshine. Show me you're happy. And Michelle's I'm for it. Show me you're happy. We always need reasons to smile, but it feels like today we really need a reason to smile. We've been talking about Zach Wilson and him not wanting to play. We've been talking about Trevor Lawrence's injury with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We really need to lighten it up a little bit today, guys. I'm Michelle Smallman alongside Chris Canty, Evan Cullen. It is time for a little positive programming. Well, on Tuesdays, it's kind of become a little positive programming tradition that we take something from the Manning cast because Peyton and Eli are fun guys. <laughs> They're always doing things to make us smile. They always have amazing celebrity guests that join their program for Monday Night Football. And last night... Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa joined Peyton and Eli, and he's a man of many talents. We know he's an exceptional football player. He's also a very talented musician. And the guys joined Tua in a little duet, guys, of Eric Clapton, no less. Here's what it looked and sounded like. Wow. And the jump off sides. The Bengals jumped off sides. <laughs> really good. It's hard to first down. No, I got this. I got this. Please, no. No one wants to hear you sing. <laughs> Keep going, Tua. Keep going. You're perfect. Great job of using the cadence. You need to work on your cadence. Singing. So Peyton and Eli clearly better at calling games and being a quarterback than they are singers. But shout out to Tua, who was amazing on the guitar. Yeah, Tua, really impressive. And with the straight backs, I call him Bodega Tua. <laughs> Bodega. Uh, Bodega Tua can do a whole lot of things. He's a man of many talents. Did you expect him to whip out the guitar no, and play? I did not. Eric I did Clapton? Not. I did not. I did not. I Peyton Manning stealing him. my shtick. I think more people are going to obviously listen to him than me. But that's my move, is, is coming up with fake words for a song based on a topic. That's my whole thing. I got nothing left now. That was my whole shtick that he did there. This that's is my shtick. maybe yes. the only time I'll ever say this, Evan, but I think you're better at it than Peyton and Eli. You think I'm a better singer than Peyton Manning? Well, just coming up with things on the spot. Yeah. You know, they were struggling a little bit. They were trying to watch the game, then come up with words. It's not an easy thing to do. No, I'm not saying it is, but but you make it you make it look easy, Evan. So shout out to oh, you. Yeah, great voice, great positive singer. programming. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of the Dolphins, to his teammate Tyree Kill, you may remember earlier in the season when he scored a touchdown and he took a camera from one of the NFL uh, media members that was there in the the end zone and he grabbed the camera and he did a backflip in the end zone and it ended up being one of the great videos, one mm-hmm. of the great pieces of content that we saw. Well, that was photographer Kevin Fitzgibbons. He was contracted by the NFL to shoot Dolphins home games and he was suspended for the remainder of the season and possibly for good after Tyree. Hill did that touchdown celebration back in week six versus the Carolina Panthers. He was fined for that. Tyreek Hill came out and said that he's going to pay the salary of the photographer whose game credential was suspended by the NFL. So shout out to Tyreek because in that moment, he didn't realize what he was doing, potentially, you know, endangering the job of this person. And I thought that was very cool of him to do that. Oh, no doubt. Tyreek Hill, the stand-up guy. And I guess when you make $30 million a year... (laughs) 
you can cover somebody's salary that's you know that might have lost their job because of one of your celebrations. I still don't understand the NFL's reasoning behind banning this guy. Like oh, this. I agree with because that. he participated with a player in a celebration. Isn't that what we want though? That celebration got a lot of run when it comes to all of the the, the, the people that cover sports. Absolutely, and it was unplanned. The, Both of them of the said best, it wasn't planned. One of planned. the best highlights that we've seen. So basically, it's your the insertion of yourself into the part of the game. I guess is like a because based on this, and I'm not suggesting this should happen, but based on their logic for suspending the photographer, Dom, the Eagle security guy, then needs to be done also mm-hmm. because he inserted himself into that game, whether it was justified or not. Based on this, the ridiculous logic, like, are we going to apply it to that guy? Who, by the way, did you see yesterday? Darius Leonard gets off the plane to go to the Eagles. Who's he walking in with? Dom. 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 In the airport. Dom, our guy. Yeah, but are you going to go up to Big Dom and tell him he inserted himself into the game? No, I get that. But what? think about what was the technical reasoning for the suspension of the photographer, and would that then apply to Dom? It's ridiculous that they would suspend the photographer for this. Both of these two people said that this was unplanned. In that moment, if a player is scoring a touchdown and they're running up to you to grab the camera and you don't really know what's happening, that's a split-second decision. And... I think I would just naturally give it over. I wouldn't be thinking about it. I think it else. was pre-planned, though. But even they so. They both said it wasn't. All right. All right. Then I'll believe them for now, I guess. What else, most? Okay, last thing for me, guys. Great news in the hip-hop world. I had heard rumblings about this in St. Louis. Ashanti and Nelly expecting a baby. Oh, good. Yeah, that's, uh, it affects me in a great way. You don't think this is amazing? No, I'm going to get them a gift. This is this is going to be a, a baby that's in like rap and hip hop royalty. No doubt. Nelly and Ashanti find their way back together after years apart. I mean, he needs to go ahead and put a ring on it, though, right? Oh, he's gonna. Like, yeah, like I mean, like, at this point, like this, this is your queen, King. Like, go ahead and lock make it, it down, Nelly. Make it what official, are you waiting dog. for? Just go ahead and make it official, man. What are you waiting for? So yeah. Nelly has his black and white ball in St. Louis at the Four Seasons. It was over the weekend. That's where she was rubbing her stomach. He was doing the same thing. People in St. Louis were like, "Oh my God!" The, it, the buzz was buzzing, you guys. But the I, buzz was buzzing. The buzz was buzzing. <laughs> but I love these two together, and I love that they're having a baby. Uh, Us Weekly reporting it. What'd you say? What? So that kid's going to be a lunatic. What'd you say? St. Lunatic. The St. Lunatics. That's Nelly's group. Come on, with Murphy Lee. Shout out to the St. Lunatics. Not actually calling the kid a lunatic. How do we not pick up on that? Somebody back there. Murphy Lee, Kiwan, Ali, Nelly. I'm saying a part of the group. Javante got it at least. Thank you, Javante. Man, oh man. Completely missed it. Clearly. Clearly. All right. Uh, Coming up. Yeah, we have a lot of quarterback injuries. We have a lot of quarterback controversies in the NFL right now. Somehow the New York Jets have made a messy situation messier, or Zach Wilson has made a messy situation messier. Either way, it's a messy situation. Trevor Lawrence is banged up, obviously, now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They played a team last night, and they lost the Cincinnati Bengals, who were without their starting quarterback in Joe Burrow. What is going on in the NFL in terms of all of the quarterback injuries? We have to try to make some sense of it. We will. Coming up, it's Unsportsmanlike. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.